theyeshiva.net. So the main point was, Ani Hashem Loishanisi, Va'atem Bnei Yaakov Loichilisem, the true awareness of Loishanisi, as he explained that the whole Bria is an uptaich and a hagdara, a definition in Oir. And yet we see that a person may not be transformed by this. He said it's because of the weakness. Because you need a lot of strength, you need a lot of potency. And that's why the Torah was given to the Jewish people. It's called Oiz and Tushia. Oiz, it gives the vigor to the Nefesh Alekis, to the divine soul. And Tushia, it weakens the blockages. And to explain what's the power of Torah to do this, he went into the whole discussion of you remember the whole Nakuda of Lamer. What real learning Torah is about. That was a very, very brief and uh, simple summation of what we learned. So now let's continue further. As I said, we're 133, Samach Zion, column 2. Before the end of the paragraph... There's a paragraph on the bottom starts Vihine, but we're at the previous one. Around uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten lines before the end of the paragraph, before the paragraph Vihine. There's somebody who listens to the classes virtually. They don't live here. They live in Brooklyn, but they listen every day. The person sent uh, sent uh, a note. It was very moving, so I want to read it before we begin. So I wanted to share the following. The experience of learning these maimadim of the Balatanya of the Alter every morning <coughs> is akin to someone reaching inside of me and grabbing a hold of my divine soul and enveloping it in a warm embrace. A godly embrace that says, There, you are my ray of light, my sweet child, my divine partner in creation. I'm here with you in every fiber of your being. I believe in you. I see you. I know you. I love you. It serves as a spiritual defibrillator for my soul, an awakening jolt to remind me that our I, our I, in quotation marks I, is so very lofty, holy, pure, innocent, curious, brilliant, and a vehicle created to serve as a source of divine light and creation. We... And by we, I mean our genuine and robust I, our divine I, get distracted, bogged down by our earthly animal suit, wrappings of meat, bones, often associated with, worse, the cause of discord, stress, anxiety, pain, sorrow. And Chassidus reveals a divine truth without which we simply cannot see, live, function, as the divine ambassadors of light for which we were tasked, created. Best of all these teachings, perspectives, feel so freeing, natural, truthful, soulful. We can all sense the divine connections and the MS, the truth, deep in our consciousness. <clears throat> it's nothing that's taught to us. We see it, it was all, it was there all along. We find out that these are and have been known to us all along. The Alter Rebbe's version of when he says something is known. Known in the deepest place always. As you have often quoted, 
To love a person is to learn the song that is in their heart and to sing it back to them once they have forgotten the song. And that's the song I hear in all of these classes. So with all my heart and soul, I thank you. You have all my love and gratitude. And this was a man, not a woman. Usually these letters come from women. <laughs> Usually most of these letters come from women. You know, it's the with a certain spiritual sense. It says, is very strong by the women. But this was a man. And not only a man, a lawyer. And a very successful lawyer. In a man itself. <laughs> you know, there's men and men, right? Huh? <laughs> We, yeah, uh, we. We. The robust eye is we. The robust eye is we, right? It's scalalos. So now let's continue further. You see, the line starts hamaskil. From the bottom of the page, it's around 15 lines. It's close to the end of the paragraph before vihine. So after everything discussed at length... <laughs> Especially the whole Nikud of what Maimed Har Sinai was, what the Lamer is, what learning Torah really means. So he says, Umizeh, from all of this, Yizbainen Hamaskal. The person, Maskal is a person who's perceptive. From the word Mahaskala. A Maskal is somebody who's, who's open, who's perceptive, who's curious, who wants to, who wants to know. He said, Umizeh Yizbainen Hamaskal. From all of this, the Maskal, the perceptive person will will contemplate. There will be a very profound awe, a sense of awe. Ema is like reverence, respect, in learning Torah. Why? When one can apply to his heart, when one can internalize in his heart the truth. And the words are very important. Means I internalize it in my heart. It's a feeling. It's an experience. That real experience of learning is not. There's an idea that was written down in a text, and I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to remember it. I'm trying to give it over. So, what's the aim of a fachat here? Based on the lemer, what was the lemer? The question was, why does it say Lema? Lema usually means to repeat it to other people. But everybody was there. Even the souls that were born later were there. So why does it say Lema? On the contrary, the whole power of Matan Torah is that there was no Lema. <laughs> everybody was there. It's not like they have to believe Moshe, right? That's the whole, the whole power of Matan Torah was. Everybody was there. <laughs> it wasn't the monopoly of a few people in the hierarchy who say, we'll give it over to all the kids and all the, all the simpletons. Right, which, as we spoke a few weeks ago, that's the the, the key distinction between Maimed Har Sinai and literally every other religion in the history of humanity. The truth, the story of Matanteir is a very impressive story. So you would think that other religions would copy that story. It's a very good story. <laughs> they copy a lot of other things from Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, especially. So, but they don't copy the story of Matanteir. There's one guy, yeah. Isaiah or Muhammad or Joseph Smith by the Mormons, whoever it is, there's one guy who receives all the revelation and we gotta trust him. Huh? Privately, yeah. There's twelve you know how many religions there are today? Huh? Twelve thousand. 
Christianity itself has a tremendous amount. But you have to understand the difference between two branches in Christianity, yeah, could be death or life. By them, one is, is Mamish Apikursus. So sometimes you have it by Jews also, right? <laughs> For the New York Times, they're all the same. No difference. You wear a black hat like this or a black hat like this. You're a fundamentalist Meshuggah. But, uh, but within, <laughs> within it's like, no way, you know, I'll kill you. So, that's today, but you're talking about for thousands of years, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of branches of religion. Nobody has this story. I was once looking if anybody has this story I wanted to see. So I saw there was one group that has such a story. There's a branch of Hinduism that has a story that uh, there was divine revelation. There were one million people there who all saw it, but they add one thing. The next night, everybody died. <laughs> Besides one person. Obviously, one person stayed alive. So they, they have the story, but everybody died. So you're back, you're back to the one person. So there's a reason for this. The re- there's a reason for this. Because to be able to, uh, if I'm going to sit here, even with this group, and I'm going to tell you what, what dream I had last night, you might be impressed. You might not be impressed. Depends on my charisma, my gift of gab, and many other things. But if I start telling everybody what dream you had last night, right, or what happened to you last night, you were all in Australia last night together with me, you'll know either when I'm a shugana or a liar. You could tell people what happened to you, right? And in the world of emotions, that's what you should do. <laughs> in the world of reality, of objectivity, I can tell you what happened to me, not what happened to you. Unless it happened to you. So it's very risky, for days it's very risky to tell people, especially millions of people, what happened to them, especially when it's going to change their entire life. It's not just, you know, you were in Australia for a show and Nevaiti Gagayan. You know, you're in Australia and now you have 630 mitzvahs, huh? Huh? In the Khanami. One person could say that, but all the, the people and their children have to believe that. <laughs> the only thing they agreed on. That's true. You see, even throughout Chumash, there was a lot of rebellion, but nobody ever doubted. Nobody ever told Moshe that he made up. They told him a lot of other things. You want to kill us, you don't like us, but nobody ever told him that he doubted. My point here is that the question of Lamer is a serious question. It's not just an extra word in Chumash, which is also a serious question. But it's a word that's contrary to the whole idea of Matan that everybody was present. So why the lemer? So this is the Alter Rebbe's Varte that the lemer represents a a a, a, a Vart in what really Matan is. Matan wasn't just a fact and a piece of history, but rather something transpired in the DNA of the Jewish soul that lemer that all the Torah that you could learn that you will learn it's capable of being a repetition. What do I mean a repetition? I don't mean repetition saying over. A repetition, a re-experience, a continuum, a continuum of Maimed Hasina. That's the real Nikud of Taira. What does it mean a continuum of Maimed Hasina? The Nikud of Maimed Hasina was that it was the Gili of Ein Saif, Ani Hashem In that presence, the I, remember, it's back to the whole Maimer, everything is connected to this. The whole vart of Bri is a Taichin Oir. It's the, the ray of the sun. The sun itself is fully present. The ray could be blocked. The ray can't be blocked. When you define yourself within the ray, there's a cloudy day. There's not a cloudy day. There's a day that I'm dealing with brokenness. I'm not dealing. 
There's already a, a billion versions of who I am. But we all know it could be very cloudy, but on top of the clouds, the sun is always shining. So in physicality, the sun is uh, very far away. But the sun is always present, and it's not affected by a blockage of the ray. You put down the Venetian blinds, you're not going to get the ray of the sun. But the sun, as a result of that, doesn't become diminished or loses its light. The metaphor is a very, very deep one, because the consequences of that in terms of existence are that all of creation is Baruch Sha'amar Vahayayalam. Right? I'll call Shevach Matsyadacha. It's a definition in the ray. In the essence itself, and everything and everyone is always connected and a part, so to speak, of pure infinity. So if that was the gili of Matan <coughs> so Beis Shammai says something, Beis Hillel says something, it's really a lamer. What's Pshat a lamer? It's my mouth, my mind, my, my heart is a conduit for infinity. That's what Torah is. So lamer is the whole key. How about we forgetting the Torah? Uh, so it's not exactly the lamer, forgetting. Right, this is an opportunity. It, there was a koyach given by Matan Torah in Neshama Sisral that thousands of years after Matan Torah, a Jew sitting and learning or teaching or, or learning together with somebody else or learning themselves, what is it? It's essentially he or she could become a conduit a transparent conduit and channel for what happened at Maimed Har Sinai. Yeah, that's what we spoke about. The disputes are not a contradiction to infinity. <laughs> disputes are not a contradiction to infinity. Probably infinity needs to have disputes if it's to encompass all of reality. You understand? Disputes are inherent to the fabric of reality. There's blue and there's orange. There's chesed and there's gvura. There's, there's, right, there's white and there's black. I must, God didn't create one type of bird. He created 9,000 species of birds. Not one species of mammal. 6,000 species. Not one species of fish. The herring is not the only fish that exists. There's also jalapeno herring. That's not another species. Huh? <laughs> okay. Gefilter fish. I forgot. Gefilter fish. <laughs> People don't know there's millions of species of fish. Well, I'm saying this because diversity is not a stiritani Hashem Lashanisi. The pnimius of it is all on the Hashem Lashanisi. It could be manifested in diversity. Very nice. Very nice. Say Hashem. You're saying the reason it was called a maimer because every maimer is really a lamer. Beautiful. Thus is rain. You're saying every maimer, very, very nice. That's why it's called a maimer. But Pashtas is called a maimer, Miloshin Amira. But the Zogzayagut. Because really a maimer is tuning into the lamer. Very nice. Once I had a teacher, he told us a story. It's a, it's an interesting story. I'm not sure I understand it fully. The fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe was known as the Rebbe Rashab, Rabbi Sholem Ber. We learned many of his maimarim. Yuvia died to Moskva. If you remember Ner Hanukkah, so also a few other my madam, so they called him the Rambam of Chassidus. He was uh, he was very organized in his teachings. So his son was the Rebbe Rayatz, the, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, who passed away Yud Shvat Tovshin Yud. So they said he was once saying a mimer, 
and uh, it was in Poland in the 1930s. And there was something like special in terms of structure and organization. It came out like just as beautiful as can be. And in the middle, he stopped, he stood up and he left. So it was like very, uh, it was very strange. So somebody asked him afterwards, uh, what happened? So he said, I heard from my father, the Rebbe Rashab, if it comes out too round, it's not good. So I knew I have to stop. You understand? Kailichdik means, uh, you know, when the, you make the challah perfectly round, the cake, the cookie, it's perfectly round, right? Aesthetically, it's fully, the structure is impeccable. He said, I heard that if it comes out that way, it's already, uh, <laughs> huh? It's uh, too many tzimtzumim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's missing the lamer. Stop it. <laughs> you said about the maimer, some say. So he says, it is. So when a person understands this, Kidvar Hashem hu mamish and emel that it's Dvar Hashem hu mamish and emel And the word is mamish. In other words, he's not exaggerating. That the Kayach of Matantaira was that it's Hashem saying it like he said it on Har Sinai. The words, even though it's Beshamai, Besilla, it's me, whoever it is, it's you. But he says essentially what it is is the learning Taira is like Maimad Har Sinai. What's Maimad Har Sinai? Maimad Har Sinai is that Moshe revealed the Dvar Hashem. There were even some parts that was Dvar Hashem directly, the word of God directly to the Jewish people. So when a person can tune into this truth, there is nothing but tremendous awe and reverence. But it's not just an intellectual truth. He says, This explains a Gemara. The Gemara says, in Meseches Brachas, the famous Gemara. The Gemara says, Al Pasuk, you should let the Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the Jews in Veschana. And he says you should notify the experience to your children, to your grandchildren, the day that you stood in front of Hashem by the mountain in Chayrev, by Mount Sinai. So Zakti Gemara, Malahalon Be'ema. Afkan Gemara says that from here you learn. I just want to quote you the Gemara. It's very interesting. <laughs> from here you learn that the same feelings that the Jewish people had by Matan Torah, so they ought to have whenever, whenever they're learning Torah. <clears throat> the lashon of the Gemara is, it's a brayse. It says, right, We say in the in the in the. And the Sheish Schiris, those who say the Sheish Schiris, you should let this, the story be known to the children. And right afterwards, So he says, Exactly. He doesn't quote the whole Gemara, but that's, that's, uh, that's what the Gemara says. So he says, the Gemara says what he's saying is, the day that you stood by Mount Sinai, you should, you should give it over to your children. That what? What should you give over? Not just the story, the experience. That just like 
by Maimed Har Sinai, they stood Be'ema with awe, Be'ira, with, with reverence, Be'reses, or Be'zeya, is with, with, uh, Reses is, uh, Atzitter, like a tremble and sweat, right? It says how the Jewish people were overtaken by Yaram Vayanu. So now, Afkan, when you're learning Torah, there should be the same experience in Be'ema, Be'ira, Be'reses, or Be'zeya. Ask Sal Terebbe. It's very nice, but practically speaking, what's how can you compare the two? The nations saw the sounds. Hashem was revealed. It says God spoke to you face to face. Of course, they were overtaken by awe. It wasn't the information; it was of a few words. It was the experience of it. The Rebbeinah Shalom is revealed, whatever that means. What, what, what does that even mean? Hashem was revealed. All the veils were p- parted. It actually says he removed all the veils and he came down on the mountain. And it says this, God spoke to you face to face. They experienced Navu on the highest level, Matan Torah. Right? How in the world are you comparing that to the learning of Torah? A person is sitting on his own. He's not sitting with three million people. There's no Moshe Rabbeinu. There's no revelation. There's no V'chalam Reim Esakailas V'salapidin V'sashoifer. The whole world is not saying Anoichi. The Gemara says in Zvachim that the words Anoichi came out from all the corners of the world and from heaven and earth. So the Gemara says, Mala Halon Be'emo Be'ira Be'rasus Be'ziyah. So you could say the Gemara is just saying, you know, you should learn Torah with, 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 with sensitivity, with conscientiousness, with, uh, with, uh, with seriousness, not frivolously. But the Gemara says the same thing could be by Benechel v'nei Benechel. Elohim who the Pshatis commission is by Eloel, kigam shebechol echot, ubechol zman, hudvar Hashem mamesh enem alamesh misinai. But this is the whole Chiddush of Lamer. The Chiddush of Lamer is that when a Jew learns Torah, the way a Jew could learn Torah, what is it? It's not a memory. It's not just saying texts or reading or learning that were given then. Developing it. But rather, he says, the learning of Torah, every person, at any time of the day or of the night, you're sitting alone in your room, you're sitting in, in, your, di- in your dining room, in your basement, wherever it is. It says, it's Dvar Hashem Mamesh and Nemel Hashem Sina. It is Maimed Sina. Well, say, says Maimed Sina. On a physical level, there's not a lot going on. You're sitting where you're sitting. You're sitting with a safe, you're sitting yourself, you're sitting with the Chavros. On an energetic level, what is the opportunity of that moment? The opportunity of that moment is tuning in, tuning in, so to speak, to that frequency of Maimed Har Sinai, where the I, the very I, becomes a conduit for Ani Hashem Leishanisi. The deepest type of oneness, the deepest type of spiritual oneness. And then the very mind and the very words, what is it then? It's, it's just like Matan Torah. It's Edvar Hashem Mamish. That is what's happening right now. <laughs> so the Altareb is describing what, he's describing how we learn Torah. What learning is. I know we're just listening to it. It's a little, uh, like, you know, 
I learned yesterday, I learned today, I'm learning tomorrow. But but it's good to hear. Bemela. The aim of Yudab is Bemela. It's not even, it's not, it's not like a mitzvah, it's not a commandment. Okay, now sweat. Start sweating. Get, get, get into awe. It's also not sweat and awe because I'm afraid, you know, you're going to come with a hammer over my head. It's a whole different type of awe. It's the awe of Bittal. It's the awe of, uh, of, of being one with the source, with the death of separateness and ego. That's the frequency. I'm using the word frequency even though it's not a good word because frequency by definition is the way it's channeled. But that's the frequency that Hanoyim and Amirayim were tuning into and learning. And he says the Kayak that was given to every Jew. What is the experience of learning? It's not an intellectual experience alone that could be very geschmack as an intellectual experience. That's just the chitzonius of it. And sometimes very much the chitzonius of it. Very the real Kayak of it is, it's the opportunity to be able to lose the very sense of separateness that defines creation at its core, which comes from words, which comes from the ray of light. exists in that Torah. So it is a situation where the person tunes into a place which I'm lamer. It's like I'm repeating what, I, just like when a person is repeating what somebody else is saying, almost I'm repeating what Hashem is saying. What does it mean? I'm repeating what Hashem is saying. It means the very eye is a conduit for what Hashem, what Hashem is saying. So it's a whole different type of experience. So automatically there's a, there's the awe of Maimed Harsinai. Or to put it differently, the awe of Maimed Harsinai was not only because, you know, such firecrackers and the shoifer is blasting and there's lightning and there's thunder and you're seeing voices. Yeah, I would also be scared. <laughs> like we learned in the other Maimer, uh, when was it Shabbos, we learned, why parchen eshmosen? You remember Shabbos morning, parchen eshmosen. The Gemara says in Shabbos, there's souls left. It's not there's souls left because you're petrified, you, you know, you're done. Parchin means the sense of separateness was gone. To be able to hold on to identity, <laughs> there has to be a sense of separateness. Parchin Eshmason, if I'm the Hashem Loisha Nisi, it's like the, de- the death of ego. Oh, but Matan Taira, like the Baal Tov once said, Matan Taira didn't stop. The word from the Baal Tov, he once said, we're talking about this Gemara, Malahal and Afkan, the Moshe says, because Matan Taira didn't stop. The difference is only we stopped hearing it. That's what the Moshe have said. In other words, Matan Taira is something that's beyond time. It continues. Noisen Taira, the Taz says in Shulchan Aruch, we say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Noisen Taira. He's giving, he's not giving, he gave. Baruch Atah Hashem, Asher Noisen Taira. You gave, not Noisen the bracha is noisain. Noisain means you give, to, you're giving. If somebody gave me a, a wonderful gift 30 years ago, you say, thank you for giving it to me. Then, not thank you for giving it right now. You didn't give it right now. The Taz asked this in Shulchan Aruch. Now we understand from this Maimer. 
So the Baal Shem Tov says that Matan Torah continues, we just stopped hearing. The Al-Tarebbe says the labor is that you can tune into that. There's a continuum of that. That's the Kayach of Limud Torah, of, of, of Limud Torah in, in, its, in its purest and most pristine form. With such type of learning, you're not worried about an ego, about agendas, you understand about Natschanas, who's right. I'm smarter than you, you're smarter than me. Because in the Kudah of Torah, he says, it's a Likus. It's a It's one with Hashem. It's rooted in Soiv of Kalalman. It's, it's, it's a reflection of the Ani Hashem Leishanisi. The intellectual information of Torah, that's the garb in which Torah is dressed. You're talking about Trumas, you're talking about Maestris, you're talking about Muktzah, you're talking about Ribis, you're talking about Sher Shenogach, you're talking about Asher Tam, Asher Amud, right? You're talking about Nichsei Shavu, you're talking about Atpetrupas, Yisoyim, whatever a person is talking about. These halachas, that halachas. It's a very physical reality you're talking about. But essentially, what is it? It's Chachmas Baruch Hu, it's Hashem's wisdom about it. Because Torah is the interpretation of reality. It's, 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 it's applying this truth to reality. But what reality? The reality from the divine prism, from the divine perspective. It's, it's the world from the prism of Torah, is a world from the prism of oneness. So by Matan Torah, there was, he says, was given a koyach, not just it should be now I'm saying these words, that all the words that will ever be said should all be lamer. Should all be tuning into that. You just see without the Rebbe says what learning is. It's, <laughs> it's the deepest form of bittel that exists. In other words, you're saying you want to turn, tune into Bittal, right? So go to the top of a mountain and meditate. And there are forms of meditation that help a person go deeper and deeper and deeper into the eye that is divorced from the world of differentiation. And an ultimate meditation based on this mimer earlier, can I tune into the place of Ani Hashem Shanisi? where the eye ceases to exist. But here he's saying something more than that. Because when I'm learning Torah, I'm using my words, and I'm talking about concepts. <laughs> and most of Torah is dealing with the structure of the universe. <laughs> Boundaries. <laughs> who, belo- who does the house belong to? Who's lying? It's the opposite of most meditation. <laughs> it deals with corruption and thugs and lies, and especially if you're learning Dine Mominus, right? So what is that about? Eichmer meditation. <laughs> what does Jewish meditation look like? <laughs> That's the whole, huh? Baba Machteres, yeah. Kill him, don't kill him. If you kill him, it's not a problem. It's your father, don't kill him. Everybody else, kill him. <laughs> he came to be killed, kill him. Whatever it is, Nezek, Tzai, Ripu, learned Marshas Meshpatim, Dine Avdus, Dine Nizikin, right? Shor, Bur, Mava, Hever. So you're saying, yeah, well, you have to know how to run a society. And that's the word. That the Ani Hashem Leishon Nisi of Torah 
There's one that lives in a world of differentiation, of borders, of boundaries, of structure, in a world of words. We're talking about dibur. So that's the link. It's the link that the oneness is not only experienced on a level of transcendence. But that within a world where you're using logic, you also have to use logic. The Tanoim and Amirayim were using logic. There was a Svara why Rabbi Akiva held like this, and Rabbi Meir held like this. Why Rav holds this and Shmuel holds this. And the Gemara will say, he says this, he says that, he says that. So you're talking in a world where there is differentiation, there's different perspectives and different paradigms. And that's the Vart. <laughs> that that is my Medar Sinai. That those words are not my words from a place of I as separate, but it's my I in the most robust uh, sense of it in this uh, poet's uh, uh, definition that I read earlier. In the most robust sense, before the monstrous reductionism called Tzimtzum, which turns the I into... Uh, my own separate entity living in its own orbit. Because Torah comes from a place that transcends that reductionism, that, that symptom, that filter, that sense of restriction. Which, as we know, was a titanic re- sense of reductionism to create that filter. The ray should come out of the sun, so to speak, and that's where everything is articulated. And this was the tremendous Tainug. The Tainug. You see when the Altarebbe speaks about Torah, there's a, there's a Tainug, there's a, there's an ecstasy there. That it's not, it's not a regular ecstasy. It's not just if you're an intellectual and you learn a Geshmaka piece of Gemara, it feels good. That's also true. Lahavdla, <laughs> mathematician, solves a problem in mathematics. It feels, there's a Tainug that comes from Seichel. People who have it, they know it. It's a wow, 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 it's Geshmak. You see, it's a whole different type of tainug. It's the tainug of complete achdus with the Ein Soif Mamish like pre-creation. That's what he saw and sees in Limud HaTorah of an individual in Mitna Mitvach, a Mitvach Banacht, sitting by his candle and learning. It's the most divine, divine experience. But this type of learning takes an Avoidah. Because it's it comes from there's a tremendous refinement in it. That the whole mitzvah of a person's seichel, mind, and emotions and words <laughs> is what it's Dvar Hashem. Moshe speaking. It's Hashem speaking through Moshe Rabbeinu, even though it's coming out through your mouth, my mouth. That's what you meant. Rabbi Kiva went into the paradise together with his three friends. He went into the orchard, right? Three of them couldn't come out. One of them passed away. Ben Azai passed away. Ben Zoymet says, Nifga, he was affected very negatively. Elisha ben Avoy became a heretic. Which is a fascinating thing. Why do you become a heretic? Ah. <laughs> huh? But he went into the Pardis. He went into Rebbe Kiva's Pardis. <laughs> Rebbe Kiva remained the biggest Maimon, right? And the Balisha ben Avuya became, became an upper, from the same experience. Bad trip. 
Well said. Well said. <laughs> you said that well. Huh? Something happened, right? And Elijah ben Avuya was no... Uh, <laughs> he, he, was, he was the Rebbe of Rabbi Akiva. He was the Rebbe of Rabbi Meir. <laughs> the Gemara says Rabbi Meir was the Watana that nobody could understand because of his depth. The Gemara says in Eiruvin, Elijah ben Avuya was his Rebbe. See, you're talking about Elisha ben Avuya was considered one of the G'dayli Hadar, like, on, on the level of Rabbi Akiva. Ah? He was a friend of Rabbi Akiva, teacher of Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir continued to learn from him, even after he was, uh, he, he left Yiddishkeit. He was Makat, the Gemara says, Makat, So what did he see? Something happened there that he saw, and he couldn't make peace. Because he went into the Pardas. I don't know, anybody took Rabbi Elisha Benavoya's trip to tell us what he saw, huh? He saw something and it was over. He was, I'm done. He started learning from him. That he didn't see before. Rabbi Akiva nichnes b'shalom v'yatsa b'shalom. He went out in peace. There was something about the oneness that he experienced that could not be translated into the into the fake world. Yeah. Huh? I know the words. He saw matati. He saw this. <laughs> it says before they went in, Rabbi Akiva said, "Al toimru mayim mayim." Don't say water, water. So Rashi says it's going to look like water. It's not water. Al toimru mayim. The Gemara in Chagiga daf tesva. Al toimru mayim mayim. Al terebetaiches. There's Mayim Alyonim and Mayim Tachtoinim. The two waters were separated. It was one, everything was water, and then Hashem separated the water. Don't think it's really two separate waters. Mayim Alyonim, Mayim is pleasure. It's like the orgasmic flow in Kabbalah. It's called Mayim. Mayim Nukvin, Mayim Dukhrin. Feminine waters, masculine waters. The flow of pleasure, of intimacy, is called water. Mayim Elyayin and Mayim Tachtoinim is there was a separation in the water. There's the higher water and there's the lower water. So Rakiva said, Al Toimru Mayim Mayim. Don't think there's two waters. That ability to be able to, to bring back the oneness into a world that's the opposite of it, apparently, is very, very, very subtle, very complex. And from what we see from the Maimadim, it's the Nakuda of Yiddishkeit. You have those who don't go anywhere. They just, they live in the world of differentiation. Spiritual seekers, they go. They take their trips. But once you take the trip, how do you come back? How do you integrate it? In a very, in a serious way. What's fascinating about Rabbi Akiva is when you learn about him in Shas, there's always arguments, machloikasin, in very, very nitty gritty of halachas. You know, how you makrava carbon, like very detailed, and he's arguing. And for an argument, you have to take the other person seriously, and your own argument seriously. You can't just say, blah, 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 legabe ain't safe, it's all one big joke. But isn't it a joke? Huh? Kabbalah and halacha. Now, Kabbalah, I'm not talking about as a philosophy, I'm talking about Kabbalah as an experience. <laughs> It's another book. So you read a book, you read this book, you read that book. It's information. It's like a, it's like a recipe book. You ever read a recipe book? 
You don't become flour and almond nuts, right, and baking powder because you read about it. But what if you do become baking powder? So this is what you see, this is what he's saying. So, so, so in Limud Atayra, in a world of differentiation, it's the ultimate experience of, uh, of, of, of the oneness, of the achtos, of the bitl. So the melod is a amen, a yid, and a resis, and a ziyah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not just an uplifting experience, it's completely transformative. It's like the Jewish soul goes into an organic place of oneness in the deepest form. The deepest sense. And Alter Rebbe says when anybody learns, it's connected to every person. In other words, even every one of us in our own capacity, in our own level, in our own consciousness, he says this is a, this was given over to every Jew. Malahal and Afkan was not said to the Bakiva and Beishameh and Beisilil only. The Gemara says it was said to every person. Because it's a natural consequence and result of tuning into what real learning is. There was something he couldn't integrate. It was either... The world of halach is a world of differentiation. Right? Sunrise, sunset. Mincha, maidiv. Achilles, pras. It's a world of differentiation. Everything is boundaries. There's boundaries and limits. What's mine and what's yours? How does it come over from your domain to my domain? Am I allowed? What happened with Achdos? <laughs> How do we know that that was the problem? Huh? How do we know that that was the problem? I don't know. I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't know. The Lamata, the that that's the challenge. Lamaila, the Intachlis, that's fine. You go up endlessly. The Lamata Adin Tachlis, as far as you go down, to hold on to Erin Saif. But the MS is that what often happens is that the spiritual transcendence without bringing it down could become very egotistical. That itself is part of an egoic mind, of, of an ego mind. You'll sometimes see, <laughs> I don't know if you know, but sometimes you have very deep spiritual people. But if somebody... Uh, questions them <laughs> or challenges them or never mind proves them wrong or questions their legitimacy how dare you right and sometimes the most basic midas toivus are missing why it's not a contradiction <laughs> it, it's, it wasn't brought down into Caleb in other words in the place of transcendent meditation of nirvana, where all is one and one is all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have an I, but in the world of I, you know, when you're going to argue with me, <laughs> you want to sit on my chair, so it's like I'll kill you. Which means that the oneness is somewhat, you know, not always authentic. Not everybody, but you have this mitzvah. I'm not talking about char- you have charlatans, obviously, but even the person who's not a charlatan, sometimes up there, you're in a very refined place, but down here, when when my lower angels come out, you know, when I'm hungry, <laughs> when I'm starving, you know, when you parked in my driveway, and I'm really in a rush because the whole world is waiting for me, something else happens. 
right? Some of the greatest stars, celebrities in the world, they can't sustain marriages. Why can't they sustain marriages? Because they want their wives to also worship them, and they're not ready to worship them. Come home from a concert, 50,000 people were there, ready to lick his saliva and prostrate themselves to this star of the century, of the de- of the millennium, and then he comes home, his wife says, take out the garbage. Really, me? <laughs> Why aren't you also bowing down to me? It's very hard for people to make that connection. Now, during his songs, he was talking about Gewaldik Yonem, of, of, of Achtos. <laughs> but when the ego comes back, when my insecurity comes back, <laughs> you're dead. Don't, don't... Now I have I have to dominate. In other words, there's often a lack of integration. Why is that? Because the spiritual oneness can exist in a higher domain, but not in a lower domain. We have an halacha concept: ain't kiddush elabamakim suda. You have to make kiddush when you eat. So there's a chiddush ataych. Kiddush is only important is only relevant if it's b'makim suda, if it's in the same place where you're eating. If in shul I'm screaming nakdishach nekadesh keser, but then when I go to the office or I go home, suddenly I become an undomesticated beast. So that's not kiddush. Ain't kiddush? It's worthless. You have to make kiddush again. Kiddush has to be b'makom suda in the same space where you're having the party, the feast, the place where where you're enjoying life. That's where the kiddush has to be. The same nakuda. Al toimru mayim mayim. Sometimes for the, the more spiritual people, the harder it is. Because you really experience something that's above and coming down. Some people that can defy it. In, in spiritual Eastern disciplines, right? Many of the greatest will, won't get married because when you're dealing in a marriage, you're dealing with very mundane needs of the other person and the emotions of the other person, and that's part of it. Why would I spend my life in such types of relationships that are often petty and messy? I once read a philosopher, he wrote, he never got married. I think it was Nietzsche, I think it was a big philosopher, he wrote that, that family relationships, he says, are the most messy, babyish, <laughs> petty, small-minded, insignificant Little babies fighting about nothing, you know. You made the Sheva Brachas, right? I got, you got Bracha Krita. I mean, in our circles, in his circles, it was something else. So, so, this is where you're going to live in. But I'll be told it's not that way. <laughs> right? It's through family relationships that you learn to connect the whole world. Why? Because guess what? We're petty. <laughs> People don't like hearing, we're petty. We're also small, we're not just big. I could say we're big, we're, we're large. It's beautiful to say that, because we are large, but we're also very small. Right, you took my parking place, I'm very upset. You ate my chicken, I'm not forgiving you so fast. You're sitting in my chair in shul, you know what I mean? Suddenly, Ani Hashem Shanisi is irrelevant. Get out of my chair! And even if I'm nice, right? You understand what I'm saying? The last piece of sushi by the Kiddush, who's getting it? So the question is, do you talk to that part of yourself or you don't talk to that part of yourself? Your wife said something to you, yeah? 
about, I don't know, something you said at the Shabbos table, and you're triggered. What happened to Ani Hashem Leishanisi? So it's very painful. So one way is you deny emotions. I'm not really angry. I'm not upset. It just comes out in passive-aggressive ways. Or you take a shutdown from it. Right? The art of integration, <laughs> that's the deepest art. That's Diri B'Takhtoinim. That's the Nefesh Olekis talking to the Nefesh Bahamas. Yeah. Aser Sadibra is the first five are things that are talking about ultimate cosmic truths. And the last five are talking about the most grotesque human experiences. Loi sirtzach, loi sinaf, loi signav, loi sanabarecha, loi sachma. Now you want somebody else's wife. And his car, and his bank account, and his body, and his money, and his watch, and everything else. And his house, and his ox, and his donkey, which today means his private yacht, and his private jet. Then it was a shayr and a chamar. Today it's not a shayr, it's whatever he has. What is that? <laughs> really? <laughs> to put it differently, if God is already talking to the whole world, for once he's coming out, you can't say anything better than Leisertzach. Imagine if we make a convention <laughs> of the whole world, or at least of four million people, and we're going to hear the ultimate truth. So you're going to get up and say, guys, don't murder. Shukayach. Right? It's very anticlimactic. That could be very anticlimactic. Don't commit adultery, okay. A normal society understands if you want marriages to work, you can't commit adultery, you can't murder each other. It's not rocket science that if people murder each other, you're not going to be able to live, right? Even from a just basic civil point of view. The golden rule, <laughs> treat others like you want to be treated. Huh? Yeah. So the truth is, Damas is that it's not so common sense. Nazi Germany had rationale. Hitler, Hitler explained that it's right what he did. He didn't say, I'm an evil man. The Gestapo didn't say we're evil. We're on the contrary. We're good people. Stalin didn't say, I'm an evil person. Right? Paul Pot didn't say, I'm an evil person. The Meshuggah in North Korea says, this, this is the way, this is the way for, this is progression. Vladimir Putin declares war in Ukraine. He doesn't say, you know, I woke up on my left side. He says, they're Nazis. I'm cl- cleansing Ukraine from the Nazis. The president of Ukraine is Jewish, but who cares? They're Nazis. My point is, no evil person in history says, I'm evil, and I'm doing it for evil. There's a justification. So that's one explanation, that Leisirtzach has to be rooted on Hashem because if not, there's always a reason to do it. The, for the, the terrorist who blows himself up or rams his car into two little children and kills them, right? He says he's doing exactly what God wants. These two kids should be dead. That's a, that's a very important yesoid in life. That's true. There's something that's an extension of that. And that is, the same person who's hearing Anoichi Hashem is the same person who has to hear Loisertzach. It's the same person. And that's real. That makes it, that makes it authentic. Ain't Kiddush Allah? has to be spoken and could be spoken to the person who's capable of murdering another person or stealing or lying or committing adultery or, or going to court and testifying falsely. What do you say? No, not me. <laughs> not me, not me. Yeah, me. Intoxicated, you have a hard moment. Leisertzach exists on many levels. 
I could murder somebody physically, I could murder somebody emotionally. Also in the name of God, right? It's also a murder. Murder. The Gemara says, Amal It's also murder. Right? We all know that. The emotional murder is murder. It's the same Aseris Adibris. Why is it the same Aseris Adibris? First of all, because people need to hear it from God. It should be absolute. It wasn't what he said, it's who said it. It's divine. You know, I don't decide who to kill, who not to kill. That's important. And the Enlightenment said you could kill God and science will tell you who to kill, who not to kill. That was the Chiddush of the Enlightenment. That logic is enough to tell people to be civil. The Enlightenment, the Haskalah in Europe believed that if people get an education, especially in science, and there's individual power, most people are normal. Who wants to murder people? And it made a lot of sense. Nietzsche wrote, God is dead. I don't need God to tell me not to kill you. If I'm a sophisticated person, never mind if I'm a scientist, I want to make a good world. I don't want to kill. They thought that reason and the focus on reason, you got rid of religion, it's going to create a beautiful society. And a lot of Jews believe that, because why not? Right? But the, the, the place where the greatest enlightenment took root, which is Germany, became the nation of the greatest murderers, but justified. It wasn't that we're bad people. There was a there, were, there was a racial theory to make the world a good place. Because the human soul is capable of the worst darkness. People don't realize that. They forget that. Deep down, a person is B'Tselem Alekim, but how that can be distorted is incredibly horrific. On a more subtle level, what it really means is that the whole point of Aserah Sadibris is the integration, the synthesis. So, it's the same person. On a very practical level, it means, in an all-encompassing level, it means that the Anei Hashem Loisha Nisi Pribriya can't just remain in heaven, but it needs to be able to come down into the earth, into the world where there is diversity. And practically speaking, in the world where I have my lower angels, and I'm capable of becoming very, very, very rude, obnoxious, angry, and very, very small person. And people who deny that about themselves, <laughs> it's uh, when it happens, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look rosy. There was once a person, a very hush of a person, he got into involved in a big fight in his community. So I met him. So I said, you can't make peace. He said, I can't make peace. I want to make peace. There's no room to make peace. They're, they're this, they're this, they're that. So I said, I have one question. He was a Yid who learned Tanya. So I said, I want to ask you something. The Altarebbe says in Tanya that every Jew has a Nefesh Lekis and a Nefesh Bahamas. Does that include you? <laughs> Do you have a Nefesh Bahamas? <laughs> so he thinks. I said, you have to think? So he says, yeah, I have an Efesh Bahamas. So I said, is it possible for any person to be 100% sure if a voice is coming from the Nefesh Bahamas? In other words, is it a normal thing that you can make a mistake in confusing which voice is coming from where? Do you think that when a person has an Efesh Bahamas, they can always be sure that the voice is coming from the Nefesh Bahamas? So he said, no, you can't. 
So I said, do you ever doubt that maybe your whole machlekes, which you see as very idealistic, it's all your nefesh of Bahamas? Did you ever just ask? I'm not saying it is. But can you just live with the question that maybe your whole machlekes against the other person is coming from your nefesh Bahamas? From the animal consciousness in you that is afraid, that's very afraid, it wants to live. You know, it's like a little mouse trapped, <laughs> and the mouse is doing, you ever saw a mouse trying to get out of a trap, or, or, or a gorilla getting out of a trap, or an elephant, whatever you want, or your lizard, or your, your crocodile. I'm not gonna get into what type of nefesh Bahamas you have. There's a lot of different types of behemoths, every person, Baruch Hashem. But maybe, is it, is it just to ask that question? <laughs> he looked at me and said, Was verstehst du? He gave me a Misha Beirach. I said, You should also ask if that was from your Nefesh Bahamas or your Nefesh So he says, it's your ego mixing into mine. I said, maybe. maybe. I'm not saying I don't have enough Shabbamas. I'm just saying, maybe. But you should just ask the question. Why is this so important? It's important because the moment you detach from there, people think inspiration, they come for inspiration, and they hear how good they are, and holy they are, and beautiful they are. And then they go home, and their teenager says something to them, and you get triggered, or your wife says something, or your husband says something, and you get triggered. <laughs> and all the inspiration that you got from Reb Melech Bideman in Miron, right? Or wherever you got the inspiration, which is beautiful, and you felt so holy, and you were like a malach in the clouds, and you're not shaykh, and everything, what, what, what am I? Right? And especially the month of Elul, whatever it is, and you're flying, and then you came home, right? And your wife, you came home from Israel, wherever you came home from, your inspiration... And you got a Misha Beirach together with a Kel Malirachma. So what, what do you do then? And, and you know what? You're just simply angry and, and you want to be rude. Maybe you even are rude and you write a text that's pretty obnoxious. Right? You, you know the crisis that that creates in people's, people's souls? Huh? You relate to it, yeah? This happens constantly. And in a miniature level, it can happen every day. I'm davening and I'm having kavona and I'm talking to God and, and I'm a cleansed soul. <laughs> and suddenly an hour later, boom. You know, suddenly when breakfast, when they serve breakfast, <laughs> I can't even hold back from the croissant, even though the doctor told me it's not good for me. Or even more, when the same person, suddenly they see a certain screen, they have an addiction and uh, they're lost. It's one of the greatest crises that people deal with, especially in the religious world. So they have to say one of two things. Either the spiritual experience was a lie, or my obnoxiousness is a lie, but it's not. So what happens? So there's disassociation, there's shutting down from your emotions, there's repression, there's denial, there's disillusionment, there's cynicism, there's so many different responses. It's all based on one mistake. And that is that your nefesh alakis is not having an ongoing conversation with your nefesh Bahamas. <laughs> like in a marriage, a husband and wife have to communicate. The nefesh alakis has to, is married to the nefesh Bahamas. In a marriage, you always have to talk. If not, you cannot sustain a marriage. MS, we have a big marriage therapist. If you don't talk, you cannot sustain a marriage. 
You can't sustain a marriage by speculating what the other person is thinking and feeling. It doesn't work that way. You have to know what they're going through. You know why? Because you don't, if not. The Nefesh of Bahamas has its own game. <laughs> you have to listen to it. Not listen to it, become a servant, but listen, understand it. Talk to it. And the other way. And then you could. Oh, oh, yeah. I had a tremendous, I had a beautiful Shabbos. It was a Gavaldika Daven. Oh, now? Now I just want to kill this guy. He took my parking spot. <laughs> my boss? Oh, my God. <laughs> he doesn't want to give me a raise. Kol from Shudley. This person showed up late to the appointment, right? I'm waiting here 12 minutes. What am I, a lady again? Suddenly, I have a, yeah, I have an ego. And I'm not saying if it's a good ego, it's a bad ego. That's another conversation. The conversation is you have to talk to that part of you. The t- part of you that's capable of stealing, of, pardon me, it's capable of stealing and lying. Loisirtzich is the same as Seres Adibris. That's Altoim Rumayim Mayim. That's Rebbe Akiva taught. Nichnas B'Shalom V'Yatsa B'Shalom. Dr. Rebbe Akiva had a good marriage. <laughs> I don't know the word is overcome. Sometimes we overcome. Sometimes... The most important thing is to understand that Avodah Hashem does not mean that I don't experience all the experiences that come because I have an animal inside of me that's trying to survive. And it's going to come up. Yes, if you work on yourself, the animal is going to become more refined. It's going to be a good trained puppy and it'll bark a little less, but it's still there. There are unique souls that complete, you know, transform, and there are voiders in a completely different level. It's the level of tzaddikim and tanya, but that's very rare. It's very unique. Every person has parts of that and glimmers of it, but on a general level, that's the integration we're talking about. That's why it's so important, because we don't live in a world of pre-creation. We live in a world of post-creation. Now, even in this moment, what Alter Rebbe is talking about, yeah, the world, he's not talking about the the evil in the person. That's that's next level. Talking about just existence of separateness. That's that's the beginning of it. And that too, ex- that that too is a result of Baruch Sha'amar If you go to a place of pre-Amar, there's no Hayyaylam. There's oneness. I once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe of Art. It's one of those things that stays with you. He said, why is it that Minchi uh, Yom Kippur, he started to cry when he said it, it was very emotional. Minchi Yom Kippur, what's the Kriya Satayra? Shachris Yom Kippur, the Kriya Satayra is the first half of Achir Yom the Avoid of Yom Kippur. Mincha, <laughs> don't sleep with an animal, yeah? Don't sleep with your mother. Don't sleep with your sister, right? Don't sleep with another woman who's married. It starts off, Kamaisa Eretz Mitzrayim. Don't follow the promiscuous ways of Mitzrayim and Eretz Kanan, all the abominations. And he gives a list. The Rebbe Pasha started to cry, he said. He said, Gewalt, Ayid sitzt in a kittel. He's in a kittel in a talis. Among many Jews, it's already before Neila. He's been living a holy life for the last, uh, from the beginning of Yom Kippur's Daimim Kamalachim, like an angel. This is really what you have to. This is really what we have to talk about. 
Kamaiseretz Mitzrayim, Kamaiseretz Knan. Don't go to your mother, don't go to your sister, don't go to your sister-in-law, don't go to your father's sister. Don't, don't sleep with your daughter. <laughs> right? Imagine the highest, deepest moment, people are inspired, they're glued, they're enthralled, and somebody has to get up to speak and says, you know, nobody should uh, touch children, nobody should murder anybody, nobody should go to their mother and do things that are inappropriate. You couldn't have say it's Shana Divya Sidus. So I Psiba Shana Void for Nachman. Talk about God, I don't know, talk about the soul, talk about holy things. So he said the answer is the name of the Parsha is Achare. Parsha's Achare. In turn everything is Bidiuk. Parsha's Achare just means after, but the name represents the soul. He says Parsha's Achare is about one thing, after. After. He says, what the Torah is teaching us is that in any experience, you always have to remember there's an Acher. What's happening after? There's a day after the wedding. The music stops. So you say, why, 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 why disappoint us? It's not disappointing you. This is, this is the truth. The music is, the wedding is, is only as potent as it's going to be the day after the wedding. The vacation, the romance, is only as potent as it's going to be a day after the vacation. You're not trying to spoil the party. You're trying actually to hold on to the party. The oneness is only going to be as powerful as the day after the oneness. The trip, as you put it, is only as powerful as after the trip. No, I'm in a trip! I'm in... The is an expression, the chapst fegelichem bosom. You know what fegelichem bosom means? You keep your you keep your birds in your bosom, and you think you have them. <laughs> well, in the olden days, before the Wright brothers invented airplanes, people thought they would take a they would take a bird in their bosom and jump off jump off a mountain and fly. <laughs> the problem is the fegelichim bosom doesn't turn you into somebody that flies. It's a very interesting expression in Yiddish. The Yiddish has some good expressions. You understand? I have a bird in my bosom. The bird flies. I'm not flying. So I'm flying, I'm in a spiritual trip. You're not, okay? The mushrooms are flying. <laughs> it's important because people don't realize this. It's achare, achare. It's very enthralling, it's very exalting. Huh? Right. So, so, so why should a, so, so, so let's not, let's not go there, let's not have him kipper. No. The power of Yom Kippur is achare. Its potency is, what am I going to be left with afterwards? Now that's not so easy. I want to go back. <laughs> Why should I come back even? Nichnas b'shalom, v'yatza b'shalom. That was a Bekivis Chiddush. It's not only because you're weak. So you're not, so stay there. It's because that's the kavana of achtos Hashem. That's what Al Tarab is. It's not just because we're weak people and we're a bunch of liars and we're not as inspired as we think we are. So wake up and smell the coffee and remember who you are. It's much deeper than that. It's even if you could stay on the mountain, you could stay in Yom Kippur. That's not the Kavana. It's Achare. The Kavana is always what happens after. So by Minchi Yom Kippur, we say, you know what? Tomorrow I'm not going to be in a kittel anymore. You know, Yom Kippur is going to end. Sukkot is going to end. I'm going to be somewhere else. 
And suddenly there's going to be a different self that emerges. Will Yom Kippur have any message for that self or no? If yes, it was Yom Kippur. If not, okay, another spiritual hallucination. Is I typhus? Huh? It's true in, in, in every Nakuda in life. Achare, after. Again, not to spoil the party, enjoy it, Gavaldik. But actually, it shouldn't spoil you. And you also shouldn't be disillusioned when you, when you know, you fall down. Like Salaam Allah So all this in summation, what we're learning here is, that this is the, the Kayach of, the real Nakuda, the Kayach of Matan Torah was the Lamer. But when a person learns Torah, they have an unbelievable ability and opportunity to let go of everything. And then you're tuning into the frequency of the Tana, of the Amayra, of the Rishon, of the Akhirin. You're tuning into us, it's, it's tuning in to a certain place. It's not just a transforming experience, the very identity of the person is elevated and sublimated to the Nakuda of Maimed Harsinai. And then there's an awe. It's, it's a natural awe. It's not awe because I'm terrified somebody is, you know, lighting firecrackers. As he says, there's no koilas, there's no lapidim, there's no shoifer. <laughs> but there is the deepest type of awe. The awe that comes when you're mesmerized by transcendence, by oneness. Okay, I thought we'll finish the Maimah today, but uh, we have to think about Achare. Is that Teufus? The Teufus Dinian? As they say in court, any questions? Or disagreements? Any disagreements? Some Achleikas? Huh? Oh, I just realized. Acher, he's called Acher, because he didn't have Achare. <laughs> so he became an Acher. If he would have had Achare, he wouldn't have to become an Acher. What does the word Acher mean? I'm an alien. No, that's what he felt. Over there, I was so much part of it, and here, I'm an Acher, I'm an alien. I can't join this, this Malava Malka. Literally, he called, he called himself Acher, that's why he's his name. If he would have had Acher, Rebbe Akiva had Achare. Rebbe Akiva, Nichnez B'Shalom V'Yatsa B'Shalom. When he went in, there was already an Achare. It was a different, a different experience. Just one second, I just want to announce. Tomorrow is a woman's shear, 9.30, and we're going to resume this shear. Hopefully I want to finish Thursday, 7.45 a.m. No. Thursday, 7.45 a.m. Tomorrow there's a woman's class here at 9.30. Everybody have a beautiful day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.